I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. It looks like we're recording. Good morning. It's not morning. Good afternoon. We're back with a handsome man, Uncle Jake. What's up, Uncle Jake? Hi, Uncle Jack. Hi. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. You guys need to get a room. <laughs> this used to be our room. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. <laughs> so last week we wrapped up Uncle Jake's first part, first portion. You know, he jumped ahead talking about the end of life. But I want to back it up a little bit and... We were talking about the cancer journey and grief identified and all that jazz. You had this idea in your head that she was never going to pass away, right? Like she would make it, she would make it out alive. Mm -hmm. But you said that you felt that until the day she died. Mm -hmm. So when we had the six month on Christmas Eve, we got the six month mark to go She's not going to make it more than six months. What do you remember about that? And did that change for you? It didn't sound like it did, but talk us through that. When they said she has six months to go, I thought, until they fix it. I think they can predict it that well is my thought process, Mm. right? Like maybe everybody else on average gets six months, but you guys are going to fix this. You're going to figure it out. Oh, we found something. We're going to do something new, whatever, right? It's just a dog in me. It's not over till it's over. Mm. maybe it's naive being naive Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. they're doctors they deal with it every day they're they're telling you no that's it Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. for me i'm always going to hold out hope Mm -hmm. like yeah so what was it like to see that i accepted the six month art because i didn't want to let you give up Mm. when i saw you concede my first reaction was you're just being over dramatic again. Again? <laughs> like, this is another one of your, Shit. like, over the top. Because remember, we did get to a point right before that, right? Where she's doing okay. She's not out of the woods completely, right? But we had an NAD. Yeah. An ED. An no ED. evidence of disease. Right? Mm-hmm. So I was right. <laughs> right? It's like, right? And it's, and it's going to happen again. Right. Like that. Just whatever people. It happens sometimes they relapse. Right. Sometimes it's in six months. Sometimes it's in six years. Like you just don't. But they're going to get through it. That was my first sort of gut reaction. Mm. I'd be lying if I wasn't if I didn't tell you I I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. I was like, how are you conceding? Mm -hmm. I would I'm never going to give in to the enemy. Mm. Right. Like, if it's life or death, literally, like, it's, it's me or you, right? It's good. Yeah. I'm gonna, it's going to be me every time. So I'm going to say two things here. Yeah. One of them being, you can hear Uma snoring in the back, so ignore oh. her. That's Uma snoring. She's sleeping. <laughs> She's fine. But the second one being, because I know you haven't heard any of the other episodes, I did talk about this feeling with Steve, that when she was diagnosed, I never thought she would be okay. In the back of my head, when they said no evidence of disease, I would go right now. Wait until her next scan. Some Something's going on. Like, I never felt comfortable with their positivity. I never felt secure in their news that everything was okay. I never felt that. I always felt that she wouldn't make it. I, I was there, right? Like, I remember. <laughs> and we talked about that on... Last week's episode, I remember very distinctly that you were not going to ever get your hopes up. Yeah. Like, you didn't want to live in that space. And for me, neither of us were right. It just felt like it was easier for me to live in my space. Yeah. Right. But our spaces are so conflicting, right? How did did you deal? I think I had to. I I, I couldn't be. You could have been in my space. But I couldn't have been in yours. Not both of us at the same time. Mm. They say misery loves company. Yeah. Right? I think Steve said that too. <laughs> <laughs> this, we couldn't have stood, we couldn't have been around each other. Yeah. 
I don't think it works in the same way yeah. when, it, when it comes to grief. Yeah. Like somebody has to have hope. Yeah. I also want to back up a little bit too and just mention as well that through her cancer journey, you gave her life. <laughs> and not just in a figurative way because you were the kid, you played with her, you did all the fun stuff and you were the fun uncle, the funkle. <laughs> but you literally gave her life. Well, blood. I gave her blood. You gave her your gave, platelets. Yeah. I mean, it was a direct donation that we didn't realize was a direct donation right away. Do you remember that? No, we did it specifically for her. We I, put her name I on I know, yeah. but did you ever think she would actually get yours? I didn't think that she wouldn't. I mean, uh-huh. I, I felt like that's why I was doing it. Oh, for sure. Like, okay. For so the, well, I, I hear what you're saying. There was the feeling of they might not need it. Yeah. But if they do, it's there ready for her. Yeah. Right? But the reason I was doing it so she could have it. Yeah. yeah. So I want to tell that story. And do you remember that story too? That's yeah, because cool. we actually sent out like texts or emails to everybody to go to this location where she was getting stem cells. Where and she they had was a doing blood transfusion. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. had a blood and platelet transfusion center or something there. Yes, and we were asking everybody that we knew to go out there oh. and and under her name give blood and platelets. If she wasn't going to use it, somebody was going to be able to use it yeah. because it's a cancer center. Yeah. But we were doing it for her, for mm-hmm. somebody to actually, in the family, give for her. So mm-hmm. I know everybody was trying to help her. Yeah, yeah. But we were also writing down the numbers when they donated. Okay. So here's what happens at that particular transfusion center is you go in, you sign up, you do the business, you donate, and at the end... When you did platelets, I don't know if you do it for blood too, but when they did platelets, they gave you your bag number on it. And I think that's just like a receipt. Here's your bag number that we collected from you. Thank you so much. Here's instructions on what to do to self-care after Mm -hmm. your donation, right? So we took our papers and took them home and kept them. And then the next thing we know... Jess is sending us a picture of the bag that she needed because she needed platelets. Mm-hmm. Her whatever numbers were down. I can't remember which ones were which. Her whatever numbers were down, and she sent us a picture of the bag. Well, I I go to those papers, and I think they were in our bathroom in the apartment at the time. I go see those pa- papers, and it was Jake's platelets. Mm-hmm. And I and still thinking about it today makes me so emotional. I think on top of that. I don't know if it was Jess that said it or the baby that said it. No, it was Jess. But she told the baby, she was like, hey, guess guess whose platelets you're getting? And she was like, oh, you know, and she was like, Uncle Jake. And she was like, cool. But when messaging with my sister, she was like, well, what better platelets than to have this big guy who's so strong, who has all these, you know, I don't know, like all these great things about him, what better platelets to receive than probably the strongest one of all of us. And so I was like, if anybody's going to save her, it's going to be Jake. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't think blood works that way. I don't think it's like... <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bunch of 6-3 blood vessels or whatever blood. Yes. Yeah, no. Whatever biology is in you, you probably had the best ones to give her. You're young, you're fire you're you're just like a big bulky healthy dude so you know if it's me small five three i might not be so i don't I know think strong just potent, but I, whatever i, I really <laughs> I, I i really didn't think anything of it because I, I didn't i didn't feel like i won the lottery or i felt like she just got what she needed and because sure. like, if you can give blood and you can give blood to anybody Right, yeah. Somebody out there gets it. Sure. Right. And it, or they the company sells it and who knows what they yeah. do with it. Just saying. That, that's also it's a thing. cancer center. Well, so that's why we don't we give to that place and yeah. not other places. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely happy that it was available for her and that she that she got it. Yeah. But I think I, that's a man talking, but like for me It was emotional. It was super emotional. I think it was emotional for the family. Because I you know, as O C D as I am I asked the family to send me their receipt. Bag numbers. <laughs> I need everybody's receipt. <laughs> and so you found out it was Jake's. And then I didn't have to 
yeah. go through them anymore. But I was asking people for it because I wanted to see if she ended up with a family member. Yeah. And it just it just ties it ties to your guys's relationship one, but also it and I want you to talk about that a little bit through the cancer journey, but also like for me when I said you gave her life, I feel like that's what you did. I know it's just that's what she needed and this and that, but for me it was so much more than that. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to go donate and they decided to pick yours probably because they were the strongest. <laughs> I don't care what you say. But for me it was just like I love this man so much more because he's now running in her and he's going to give her the best opportunity possible to survive. And recognize that. And it's hard for me to take any credit. Like the doctors, her mom, you guys, right? It's like, it was such a very little thing. And I'm sure there were other options available. I just so happened to be the bag they picked out of the bin, right? So I just don't, I'm not, I don't want any credit. I don't want to be pat on the back for it, right? Like she had an abundance of platelets and every, all of us did it. They just so happened to pick my bag. We Maybe. all did it. Right? <laughs> Maybe. Well. But yeah, again, I, you didn't have to do it. Yeah, you could have stayed home when I went, yeah, but you didn't. Well, maybe then they would have grabbed your bag. So? Right. I mean, just, <laughs> like, like, that's what I'm saying. I just, I, I respect your feeling about it. I didn't do anything special. Right. So I know that Jake is like trying to minimize what it is that he did. But so for everybody that's listening, give blood. It really does make a difference. Give your platelets, give blood. You can see how emotional this is for us to know that it was his that maybe it gave her more time with us, maybe whatever. But we do really feel grateful that that was one of us. One of us. And again, anybody that gives, I'm grateful. I give and we're going to go back. I mean, my husband and I have talked about going back. We're going to take Joe with us. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll we'll go. See. I'll yeah, go. let's do it. When it happens like that, I, I remember the first time that I went in, there was a person there that said, I give blood because your mom does it, right? Your mom gives she back. Like some 30 gallons or something. She's yeah. Like some so, super she does it. so this man that I met. <laughs> yeah. I know. This man that I met there. She does the it like once a week there. or something. She's a regular Donor, donator. Maybe. It takes longer than a week. Donor, donator, donor. She does it to where she can do it more often, where she, end up, she ends up giving more the way she does it than if she did it the other way. Um, I don't know the specifics. It's like... She's on schedule, though. Yeah. Like, she, she sets her schedule. life around yeah. giving. And that's, yeah. that's phenomenal. Yeah. That's, because it does end up saving a life sometimes. So, yeah. uh, well, this man said that somebody saved his daughter's life by giving blood at the time there at the cancer center and he said for the rest of my life I will always be so he's also on a schedule like your mom is mm -hmm. he, he always came in and said you just never know how this may save another life mm -hmm. somebody saved my daughter's life I'm I'm mm -hmm. willing to do that for someone else mm -hmm. and you don't really understand the impact yeah. until you see or hear a person that actually was affected by the giving of that yeah. to actually see how that helped or yeah. Outside of the business of <laughs> donating, uh -huh. right? Th that's always what holds me back the most. It's like if I went to just the hospital and then they used it, right? Like that, like that. But the fact that there's some transaction going on behind the scene and they're basically selling my blood to the hospital, even though they use it and, you know, that's the way capitalism works. It just, I don't know, let me get some money too or something. Like I, it just feels, I feel being like I'm being used. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we definitely need it. Mm -hmm. And hats off to my mom for for doing it. Personally, I just have a, a rough time. I don't know that this that. place yeah. sells it though. No, well, the common one does. I don't yeah. want to mention their name. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why we ended up switching we do direct because we were yeah. doing yeah blood donation drives. Yeah, and then we stopped. And that. then we stopped doing that one and yeah. started doing the one that, that with the that specifically is for the uh, cancer Oncology. patients. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So I know you don't want the recognition, but I, I thought it was really important to share that because of how important it is for cancer patients who might need that, that platelets, need blood, please go donate, like mom said. But I also felt like, again, so emotional and so grateful for, that you did it and she received yours. I felt like after that, 
you, when I looked at you and I looked at her, like, <laughs> I felt like it, like you guys were glowing. She, like, grew, a, she grew a beard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I felt like there was something different about, like, your connection and your relationship that tied you guys closer because now you have, like... You shared blood. Yeah. Because like, it, yeah, because she shares blood with us. We're blood related. Yeah. And he is not blood related. <laughs> but now be, he if, is wait, wait, blood related. Let's let's linger on that just for a moment. Let's not. Let's, let's yeah, let's <laughs> not be blood related. Okay. <laughs> you shouldn't be. We but don't, we don't do that. But now you are. Yeah. Now it does feel like that's a that's more of a connection now. At least for her, even though she just said cool, that's not how we all felt, I guess. No. We just really felt like that, that was, was so deal. special. Yeah. It was so special. And I'm and I'm not gonna lie, like my love tank was super overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think And I saw you differently. Is that weird? I saw you differently. I saw like like my heart was like out of my chest. Like I just yeah. it was it was too much for me. And and I and I Obviously, what? love. Hang I appreciate on, the on. love. Get a room. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you've been wanting us to get a room <laughs> a, a lot. She's, again, she wants those grandbabies. Yeah, she does. <laughs> so apparently, she knows how it works. Uh-huh. Yeah. We didn't have to tell her. No. Uh, but I, I think <laughs> what I don't like about it is I did it as something I didn't want anything in return for. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are trying to give me some sort of credit... I don't want it. Stop talking. No, I, I, it's <laughs> That's it. it's my it's my it's my side of the no. It's my side no, of the thing, I get know? it. I I understand where you're coming from, but we're gonna agree to disagree because I think I think it's really important one that people do it. Yeah, you, we help others to get out there and support other families going through it. But there's you could also not do it. Is the point? You didn't have to do it. So give yourself a little bit credit that like, hey, I went out of my way and I did this for this child. Amazing, great, pat myself on the back, go home, complete the rest of your day, that's fine. But I still think it's important to recognize that you went out and you did it because mm-hmm. you didn't have to. Well, I, I appreciate you saying it, but I also want to recognize your mom. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that she does that and she's doing it for no credit. Yeah. She's yeah. just doing it Pale. to help someone else. So. Pale in comparison. Like Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I'm serious. It's, it's a lot of gallons. I don't know if it's exactly thirty, but I want to say it's like sixty gallons. Some crazy gallons, yeah. right? So she's, she's way up there, and she gets like, uh, um, cookie, in and out cookies for it. Yeah, right. Here's, here's, <laughs> Five dollar like, gift card, and she really goes out of her way. I think it's yeah. every other week. Yeah, I think she goes twice a month or something like that. Yeah, she's, she's the like the real way or somewhere. Pat her on, on the back. Yeah, right. That's why well, I wanted to recognize her because she really does. Acorn apple. Doesn't yeah. fall far from right. the tree. What is it? What is the it right is thing? The apple doesn't apple? fall far. Two yeah, completely different things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway. So for all the people that do that, like how she does it, yes. Yeah. Kudos to you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's fast forward. Okay. So we got our six month. We remember the emotions of that. Me conceding. You still not. And then we moved. We moved home. Yeah. We moved to be with mom, packed up our wonderful life by the beach. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It, I mean, whatever you can get out of what was going on. But packed up, came to mom's, lived with her, brought the dogs who are with us today. Like that's, I think it's important, the juxtaposition there. We were living in paradise on the sand. Literally. Yeah. And the world was falling down around us. Mm-hmm. It's, and I felt like we couldn't enjoy paradise because of what was going on. I, I remember us talking about that all the time. It was like we're right here and we never get in the water. Yeah. Like we don't we don't have beach days. We don't. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have any fun. Mm-hmm. You think, especially for you, you didn't want to have Mm-mm. like the moment couldn't. Even if the moment started to, to build up, you would walk away from it. You would just like I can't. It's a, I don't want to say it's martyrdom, but it, it felt like it. Like you have to be the symbol of pain, right? Mm. She's in pain. I'm in pain. It's just. It's not martyrdom though. It doesn't. It just. You just don't feel it though. You don't even. You don't feel it. Like you said, you can be in the middle of it. You don't feel it. You don't see it because you're in pain, because she's dying, and there's no 
recourse. There's no magic thing that's going to happen. So how can the sun come up? How can the birds sing? How can the... The, how, how can, can the time continue to move yeah. when I'm how feeling can the such misery? Waves, mm-hmm. How can the waves bring you re- relaxation? Mm-hmm. None of that makes sense. Mm-hmm. None of it. Because mm-hmm. the world doesn't make sense. Because there's yeah. a seven-year-old dying. How does that make sense with cancer? I think it's a rhetorical question. but uh. It is. But actually, <laughs> actually that, that takes me to sort of another topic that I try to stay away from. But I think it's really important for us to discuss this with this person because this person is so close to me. Hmm. He's ready for it. Would you say you're a religious person? Yes. I would say that I have, I call it God guilt, where I was raised with Christian values. I don't practice Christianity anymore, but I still feel the remnants of my belief. And because I feel it, even though I have my logical brain doesn't, won't allow me just to believe things, right? Without evidence. Like I think I can't have both of those thoughts in my head at the same time. I can't say to myself, I'm the type of person who lives with empirical evidence about things and I need facts. And also here's something that you, it's faith. And by definition, you'll never know. You just have to believe it. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel it. That's a different thing, right? It's, it's it's leftover. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. I just I I feel the presence of the of the spirit, and that's hard for me to articulate because if you don't know what that feels like, I it's a hard for me to explain it to somebody because mm. you're almost believing, like in. The coincidences aren't coincidences. Mm-hmm. This is some signal. Or like mm-hmm. it, it makes you even feel like a like a crazy person because you're trying to relate that to your own experience. That doesn't mean anything because you felt the wind blow doesn't doesn't mean anything other than that the wind blew, right? But you can relate that to oh it, it blew at a certain moment, so that made me feel a certain way, and that makes me remember that that's actually the higher person reminding me of their presence, right? So I'm religious in that way. People, and I don't like it, people say, oh, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. It, Ew. Because <laughs> that's me. Because <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it makes any sense. And why I, make, why I say that is like, Fuck yeah, well, <laughs> almost impossible to separate the idea of God comes from religion, right? Okay. So everything that you've learned about God came from religion. Yes. So how do you believe or you say you're spiritual, but you don't have like you won't give credence to all the information that was given to you for you to find that spirituality. All of it came from a form of religion. You didn't just stumble on it on your own. I don't think anybody does. They, they find some reason to have faith and then they go looking at different belief systems and those belief mm-hmm. systems tell them sort of these ancient wisdoms. Mm-hmm. Right? And they go, well, I, I agree with the ancient wisdoms. I just don't agree with the religion, so I'm just spiritual. It's like, it's, it's, I, don't, I, I think you're still letting yourself off the hook that you believe something that you can't prove. And that's, that's faith, and that's, that comes from religion. I'm going to just agree to disagree here. My quote-unquote spirituality is more into not like a ritualistic religion, it's more just like a free spirit. I don't have to do one thing or another. Like, I don't have to go to church every Sunday to feel spiritual. I don't have to, you know, do the holy sacrament in Catholicism. And I'm only making those references because that's how I grew up, right? I don't have to do those things to feel connected to another reality. Like, where do our spirits go do i feel like we have spirits in us sure do i feel like our soul like we have souls sure which is religious to some degree right but i think for me i'm just exploring what all that means but i don't want to commit to one single religion to say i'm a religious person i believe this because i don't i don't know what i believe um, but I am exploring what's out there. And right now, religion isn't it because it is so ritualistic. And I disagree with what a lot of the, like, rules say of how to be a religious or godly person. Like, I'm just not that, right? Yeah. And I, I think we're saying the same thing in a different way. I am not 
religious in the way that I I practice a religion. Okay. Right. What I'm saying is that my spirit doesn't have amnesia. And what I mean by that is the, these thoughts about how I feel spiritual came from a religion. They didn't mm-hmm. come out of the blue. I, okay. Right? So it's like you're just – you're leaving – and that's what I would say about like maybe like you, you maybe you forgot that you got those those ideas from, from a religion, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And you, you just kept the spiritual – part of it that you that you're calling i'm also i have some native american blood in me too and they could say that they're spiritualistic but not religious how would you know i don't really want to get into it but like how is that any different i think well i think it's 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 like this like saying i know the lesson but i i won't give credit to the teacher does that make sense nodding her head well the only thing i wanted to add had to do more with like we attribute, at least for me, spiritualism to like mediumship, and we'll ask you about that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Teresa Caputo uh-huh. and John Edwards uh-huh. are Catholic, right? And they pray the Rosary right before every session. But there are there is a sector of Catholicism that will shun mediumship. Yes. No, that's actually true. So I, I just read that the other day. Where yeah. It, you're, it actually says, or somebody's... It's forbidden. Yeah, yeah, but somebody was talking about, basically, there was something on Facebook, and it was a comment that was made saying it's against... It's in the Bible that says you cannot believe in speaking to the dead. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. it was weird to see all that. Yeah, going back so my, my question really about if you're a religious person, because I'm curious in how that played in the journey... And did it play in your journey? Because we, I think we're very different in our beliefs or lack thereof. Yeah. So my feeling is that I don't really know why I have a life. I'm always trying to figure out why I do. And I think that God is trying to give me the experience of life. Because the opposite is actually nothing, right? Literally the definition of nothing. You don't exist. Nothing ever happened. So you have the opportunity to live. And in that, you have the opportunity to grow, to feel pain, right? To, to go through the full spectrum of things. But this is me applying my own thought of what I think God should be or what God, what I think God, if being rational, would do in this situation, right? Ooh, rational. Right. Rationalizations are very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'll eat that I, one right up. <laughs> that's always my, my, my go-to saying, right? It's like, Anything, God could be anything, right? God can desire anything of you. And if you don't know what it is, you just keep guessing. That doesn't mean anybody's right about it, right? Like I used to say, if God asked you, if really the real God just wanted you to eat 100 oranges every day, because he's God, that could be his requirement. There's no, there's nothing saying what God has to or doesn't have to do or doesn't want you to do because he has all the power. I'm just rationalizing saying, God wants me to live a life and experience life because that's what I think a God who would create this system would is actually doing. How do you explain disease? System in itself, in order to have life, I'm willing to take the trade-offs. So we're an organic life in order to be who we are, to be vulnerable to f- both to, to everything, right? And this, it's not exactly a Christian belief, but this might not be our only opportunity at life. Maybe we go through an infinite amount of lives. Maybe one life, I'm the president of the United States. Then you are. And somebody, like, every version of every possible life, maybe you get that. But we don't get to see those other lives. We just know the one that we're in. Like, there's there's so many ways to try to think about why things could be and give God the benefit of the doubt. I think it's very easy to stop being creative and just go, it's all pointless. Because... That's that's an easy conclusion to come to, and that doesn't take. It, it, I don't want to say it takes away all hope. If you enjoy your life, and I think it's said in a, in a different way. Like I think I heard Ricky Gervais say, if you're enjoying a movie, you don't go, oh, there's no point in watching this movie anymore, and just shut it off because the movie ends. No, you keep watching the movie until the end. I'm going to give God the benefit of the doubt that maybe the baby is the president of the United States in another reality. Maybe it's so beyond our perception that you can only sort of be in this life and shut up in color. 
do deal with what you have on your plate and what's in front of you. Do your best with whatever it is, because God is infinite in all of his understandings. He knows that in order for you to develop on your own, you have to go through these situations. Because if he just gave you the, the wisdom, the unearned wisdom, it would mean, mean nothing, right? You have to experience it to really understand it. Do you know how many people that don't go through life with this amount of suffering? Yeah, well, maybe what if I have one life that's 100% suffering and one life that's no suffering? What the I'm saying, only life that matters right now is this one. You're so taking if I the, don't believe yeah. in a God, this one, I'm going to hell? What? <laughs> I, I don't... This is my other problem is that, again, rationalizing. If there was a God who had infinite amount of resources, had literally all the, the entire universe at his disposal and multiple universes or whatever you want to believe in... Mm-hmm. Why would, why would he send anybody to hell? So I'm, I'm a little worried about that part. So I get it that we're here to have experiences because I truly believe that now. I'm starting to change a little bit more my perception of my religion and all that. But I'll be damned if I'm going to the same place that Jeffrey Dahmer is and some of these serial killers and uh-uh. I, I, I want to believe. I don't understand because, I, again, I want to project like as if I was God, if I made the system, right? Which is, again, a very dangerous thing to do. But if all the time and resources to help you reform, to learn why, it is, why you should be a good person, then I would continue to develop you, right? I would continue to put you in life circumstances where, get, where you would finally get it. The, the idea that everybody goes to hell, to me, just seems like a waste. Why would you have all that power and not do anything with it? You say... That everyone or anyone, anyone goes to hell? I don't think anybody, I don't think. I guess I don't understand that part. Yeah. The, there are some people that don't deserve to be alive, that, that took other people's lives. So how do you, how do you say that they deserve to be reformed? I guess I I don't, it's like putting them in jail or putting them in a school. Yeah, no, they go to jail or they go into the electric chair. Yeah, that's your today's version of justice. I I personally think there's more going on behind the scenes than just that decision that the person made. There has to be something wrong in that person's brain. You can't excuse the behavior, but that comes from somewhere. But you said there's something wrong in your brain. Yeah, because How do you we, fix that? Well, this is also the, the people's problem with God. How God, do they allow that God shit to happen? God allows this to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't, again, I want to give God the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't understand this world if it's just you're here, you go through whatever you go through, and if you somehow got it right, you, you pick the right version of thinking, then you go to heaven, and if you don't, you go to hell. That, to me, doesn't stand, it can't stand a rigorous thought experiment. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's the luck of a draw. Right, for you to be born into the right right religion, to have the right upbringing, to have everything that is needed for you to develop to this soul that deserves heaven. Mm. I don't. I don't know how anybody, any God, could hold everybody to that standard. Yeah, does that make sense? Fair. So if we can get back to our questions. (laughs) So we talked about the six month. We talk about moving, having, Mm. being in paradise, and then. Uprooting, coming home. <laughs> what? Like we're the opposite of paradise. <laughs> well, it ain't where we were living. No, we're in the desert. <laughs> so you're so, like the other end of the spectrum. So. Yeah. What do you remember about that and how did that make you feel? I remember thinking that that's what you needed because you were overt about it. You said, this is what I need. This is what I want to do. Let's make it happen. You know, you're saying, you know, you're going to quit your job the just everything you're willing to drop everything because this is for you this is it and this is where your thinking paid off right because my thinking was no it's going to be okay mm-hmm. right if you thought like me you wouldn't have come spent that time mm-hmm. so like i said i don't think either perspective is right just each one has i get to get the benefit of not feeling like crap all day every day where you just took that on as a burden that like you're you're going to live in that. And you're, you're going to expect the worst. I, want, I wanted to be, what is the word? Uh, ignorant. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
I just wanted to add that I was grateful that you guys came. I, I would really have been remiss if I didn't get behind you on that. That was one of the decisions was that for us to make that move. Because as everybody listening can understand, I don't think any grown man wants to move in with his mother-in-law, right? What? <laughs> what? You felt like you needed it. I felt like you needed it. She didn't make it such a bad environment for us. So. No, I lucked out. I mean, I of the mother-in-laws that you could have, top ten, right? <laughs> <laughs> she's a little, made it to she's the top a little scary, <laughs> but... <laughs> a little bit afraid of me. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the first conversations we had is, like, you would help her hide the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, if there's... There's just no question. Like, first, one, you got your kids back 100%. Right. First day. of all, my husband would not have my back. Not like that. No. Uh-uh. He'd tell on me. <laughs> so I couldn't tell him. Yeah. But we'd know how to hide you. Yeah. Hide the body. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, uh, yeah. For everyone listening out there, that's, uh-huh. that's not a fake story. So that 100% is like, I have my daughter's back no matter what. If she's in the wrong, don't care. She's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it, it's a, it's a very interesting relationship that we all have because I really appreciate Jake. I appreciate everything that he's done for this family. I appreciate like the fact that he's been here, all the things that he's done and that he doesn't take me serious. So it's, (laughs) he's, he's big. I'm small. I mean, I'd find a way. Yeah. <laughs> Start with um, the knees. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of equalizers out there. Yeah. 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 But I also know that he has a lot of respect for my husband, too. And it's just, it, it really makes for, like, when everybody's here, I just feel like we're safe. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a couple of moments in this room, because we had moved into this room initially, where I was having the funeral before the funeral. Do you remember that? Not that you were having the funeral specifically, but that you were preparing yourself for, I guess, what you consider to be the inevitable. Yeah. And I don't know if that it was your way of trying to help process the feelings so that they weren't as impactful when you had them and they were going to, because you knew that they were coming. Mm -hmm. In the moment, I didn't feel like that's why you were doing it. Mm. There was a lot of this where, I used martyrdom earlier, there was a lot of it where I think there was a lot of self-inflicted like, you went out of your way to feel bad. Added, like you said, practiced the, the funeral, right? Mm. Where, like, you don't need to do that. Like why, why add extra suffering? Like, why think that way? Why, why go through those paces? Right? Why, why be so hysterical sometimes? But that was your way to cope. Yeah. yeah. And I think it reflecting i think it got me through those final moments with her do you remember that too the day she had the morning she had a seizure i remember her going to the hospital and before that her mom was holding her outside in the sun and i knew that she obviously there's something she wasn't feeling well and it just it was one of these moments i'll never forget seeing them outside she's trying to give her fresh air and she's trying to just hold her and rock her and I'm standing inside seeing her out there just trying to be the most nurturing, helpful mother. But it was clear that she couldn't do anything but just hold her. And I knew that that was their moment. Right? Like, I didn't want to walk up to them and say, you know, how can I help? Because I couldn't. I would just be interjecting myself into the situation, right? There's, let her have that moment. And I knew it, it was bad, right? But I thought she'd get to the doctor, and that's what doctors do. They fix problems. And she went, and there was a long period of time where we were kind of on pins and needles. It felt like a long period of time. Because there was in-home care, and the in-home care was giving us conflicting information. That The person who stopped by, I remember it not being clear on go to the hospital or not go to the hospital. Because yeah. it was like... Just going to the hospital is going to use up resources. Yeah. Just let her be at home. It's, 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 and they're like, no, the doctor will help her. We'll take her to the doctor. It was a very surreal moment because nobody was on the same page. And she was clearly suffering. Mm. And amidst the chaos, 
she was just with her mom in the sun while the world was on fire. Yeah. It was just them two. So I just I'll always remember that moment. And then, again, while, while we're waiting for whatever's happening at the, the hospital, we're waiting for her brother. You know, we're going to be there to pick him up after school because they're dealing with stuff at the hospital. And then we ultimately take him out of school and get him over there. And I even remember the car ride being, oh, we're just going to the hospital again. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. It didn't feel like something was about to happen. I didn't feel impending doom. Mm -hmm. I just felt we're waiting in the hospital. They're going to tell us what's up. It's going to be another thing. Yeah. Because they said they were going to send us home. Yeah. 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 They did say that, that they were going to. She could go home. Yeah. 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 And then it's that. It's like it was par for the course. Mm -hmm. We were just doing it again. Mm -hmm. And then slowly they started calling one person back. And then another person went back. And we're all kind of getting the hint now. They want the brother in the room then it's I think it's you I think it's no so well I know how you remember it he couldn't go back there without somebody walking him because he's underage so I walked him down there okay. but I wasn't allowed in the room they just took him in but I waited outside because they didn't tell me to leave so I just waited out there yeah we knew something was wrong but I didn't want to think that she had died I, I really didn't I, I couldn't process that until she actually said the words Mm -hmm. yeah and i remember that as as well as like this is the only part that's not like the other times we've been here yeah like why are they wanting individual Mm -hmm. people to come Mm -hmm. and then i think when you're thinking about that moment that it's just like a bomb drops and everybody hits the floor and it's basically the end of the world right the first moment was almost like everybody, you can, it's almost silent, but it's just everybody like absorbing the moment and just trying to breathe. They're like, did they just, re- is this really what it is? It's not like a bomb goes off and everybody goes into panic and falls over. It's this somber moment. I won't say it's like freezing in time, but you feel that like, there's a couple moments, a couple beats that go by where everybody in the room is trying to process what was just said to them. And then, the emotions start to come in. You start, like, uncontrollably, you feel this welling, right? Like, I'm going to call it as a pressure, but there's this thing that's building up in you. I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> yeah. And that, it's hard to deny how like, avoidable that pain was. We're going to go on this pain roller coaster right now. There's nothing you can do about it. Hold on tight. And your emotions just take over. You're not even yourself anymore. And for me, I just wanted to, because my family was trying to be as supportive to me as a kid, I wanted to fill them in. And I just was trying to tell them, and I was having to accept it as I was telling them. And that was obviously heartbreaking. And I didn't want to stay on the phone with them very long. I just wanted to make sure that they were updated like I was. I just felt like the right thing to do in the moment. I should probably, could I have taken a day? Probably, right? I didn't have to tell anybody. It was the right thing to do in the moment. That's all I can say about it. And then called back ourselves. And the walk, the walk to the room felt like we were walking to the other side of the hospital, mm-hmm. even though it was like in the same building. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to talk to each other and be normal and walk, but you know you're carrying this, everybody's carrying this like cloud on them, right? So you don't even know what's the right thing to say. You don't want to be the person that has to be drugged the whole way, right? Crying and unable to, to support themselves. So you're trying to keep yourself composed and walk back and be respectful of everybody else who's in the hospital and not be too loud or everybody trying to act normal. They're being themselves, but you can tell they're acting like themselves. They're not, be, they're not really themselves right now. And that's surreal as well. Cause you're seeing the people closest to you put on a mask and you, I know that it's okay f- for me to break down in front of them. They know they can do that in front of me as well. But we're all holding it together sort of for each other. Mm-hmm. You were crying, but you weren't as hysterical as I'd seen you in the past. You were definitely emotional. But I remember on that walk, it was, this sucks. There's nothing we can do about it. All of us are carrying that that weight or that cloud over our head. But it wasn't, I don't, I'm, trying, I'm trying to find the words for, it wasn't what you would think it would be. 
I call that surreal. Yeah. It, just, like it is. It was. Exactly. Nothing's processing. You're sort of a robot being told where to go, but also trying to absorb what just happened. That this is like, this is the reality of we had fought for so long. We, like we did anything, yeah. right? But we had invested so much of our emotions in our life to ensure that this baby survived. And then to know that ultimately we failed, you know, was like walking to that was walking to the reality that we failed. Yeah, that's kind of a good way to think about it. It's like walking back after you lost the game. Yeah. It's like you don't you don't want to be happy. Right. Like you don't want to you don't want to be because normally you're with your your people and you're going to joke and you're going to nudge each other and there's going to be something going on. Right. It was just all of us taking the long walk it was it wasn't like i said it's surreal i feel like there's another way to describe it but that's the only way i can come up with it right now and then being once we we're actually allowed in the room i remember being very very frustrated being in the room mm. because she was there and life had left and we're all standing in the room some crying wiping their eyes but no one still no one's hysterical but there's some people in the room whose eyes are still dry, who don't. It's almost like there's not, there's nothing going on behind their eyes. Starting to try to process, I try to put myself in their shoes. Why would they feel that way? Not 100%. I'm not, I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting everybody else to have the same feeling that I have. Or worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting anybody to just be nonchalance not the right word but maybe they're really numb as well mm-hmm. I don't know, you never know how people are going to deal with a certain situation yeah but that was frustrating to me that she was just her body was just there and we were all sort of just in the room looking at her and she's no longer there like almost like we needed to beat ourselves up or we needed to figure out who's to blame or like something else needed to happen in that moment to give it the real finality yeah it was like Something had ended, but there wasn't a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I need the, I need there to, to unresolved. Yeah, I need a stamp yeah. on this, right? Yeah, there has to be something else, and it wasn't. Yeah. Just, it just the world kept spinning, everything went on, nothing like. It's almost, it's cold, right? It's just the world went on without us. What do you remember about the world moving on shortly thereafter? Every day, for you was, for at least, I don't want to say it was six months, but it's close to it, was still like the day after for a long time. You were having all day was a bad day for a long time. And I don't know when you're going to allow yourself that little bit of light. And I can't tell you, hey, this is what you should do or shouldn't do. And then in the macro or in the bigger idea, there's starting to be, you gave yourself a moment to be happy. And then it, it goes forward in time and slowly, but surely the the super bad, completely down, has completely reversed. And now you're having moments of sadness. But the majority of the day is is positive. And I just remember that, that going, well, how, what is this process going to be like? I don't, I don't really care how long it's going to be. I just want to know what it's going to be. And at the time, you were like, I'm never going to be any different than this. Because that's all you can see. And it felt like going out on a run and somebody and not being able to know when the run was going to stop. Mm-hmm. Right? You mm-hmm. just got to keep running. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I want to know, like, do I got to do two miles a day or five? Like, what do I got to do here? No, I'm not going to tell you when the end is. That was, I was trying, right? Because I, I don't know how to tell you to be happy. And I don't know, I feel like I'm intruding on you if I try to give you a reason to be happy. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, it feels like I'm going to bring my wife flowers or I'm going to do something to brighten her day. You don't want to brighten your day. Mm-mm. And that was a feeling of helplessness. Mm. That I couldn't pull you out of that hole. I just had to wait for you to look up. And then eventually, I could start helping you climb out of it a spoonful at a time. Mm. Trying to be trying to be there for you. And even though you don't want me there, like some you don't want me in the room. And that's that's the hardest again, it's it's 
this weird duality you're living in. They love you, they want you to be there, but they don't want you around, right? They just want to deal with their own grief. It's just tough, but you just got to remember, you know, I will fail at this once I have failed, not before, right? It's the Antigone quote. Just keep going. Eventually, you'll be in a different place than you are now. What was it it like for you and your grief? Again, I allowed myself the moment at the hospital. And even that felt like I was looking for help. I wanted somebody to help me feel better. I called my mother, right? Mm -hmm. She's always going to be like, I love you. Everything's going to be okay, right? Keep your head up. I wasn't the one that needed help. I didn't want to be the person who needed help. I wanted to be the person helping. Mm. So don't worry about me. I'm going to be a thousand percent. Whatever we got to do, right? I think that that stayed with me the whole time. I know I had moments, like, at the funeral itself, trying to get up there and talk about my experience with her and share a story. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, as I said on last episode, I do everything I can to avoid negative news. Mm-hmm. I already have too much of a problem not, not feeling well as it is. I really have to get myself out of the sunken place because it's way too comfortable for me. And I have somewhat of a, I know myself that I have enough of a destructive personality that I would, I would have let that be my reason to, to not do. I just couldn't go there with myself. You'd never know, looking at you, that you have an uh, issue with, like, a destructive force inside of you, I guess. Yeah. That you, you have, like, a problem with that part of it. It just doesn't seem like that's what you have because you seem very, I mean, you have this, first of all, because you are six foot three and 250 pounds, you wouldn't think that. And you, you're, you know, good looking man, married to my, <laughs> married to my daughter who like, you're the luckiest man in the world. So why would you have anything to be self-destructive about? Besides the fact that this, all this stuff happened with the baby, but it's like. I mean, how much luckier can you be? Yeah, and I, I don't, <laughs> the brain is terrible at that. Like, at least mine is. I have a saying that one of my best friends in the world, his name is Frankie Worth, he told me, he said, the brighter the picture, the darker the negative. And I've always took that to mean anytime you see somebody that is bubbly and bright and it looks like they got everything going on, what it took to have that personality or what it takes to make that, there's a lot of darkness behind that. And I think the, the, the way that the opposite of that is true with people who don't show any emotion at all. They're just sort of even killed all the time. They're not happy. They're not sad. They're just stoic. And I really believe somebody who has that outward appearance like I do, like I try to make everybody else happy, try to tell jokes and, and you know, just have a good time with everybody. It comes from a place of not having a good time by myself. Because if, if I was self-content, right, I wouldn't care about making other people happy. And I think it's, it's just a curse, right? So you can't, there's no free lunch. You're not going to get any happiness without sadness. This might be a good time to take a break. We'll continue with Uncle Jake on the next one. Bye. Love bye. you. Bye. Love you. Uncle Jake. Love you.